Okay, you're on. Okay, cool. We got it. Yes. I'm Batman. Yeah. Welcome everyone to Comic Book Heroes Podcast. This is Ray Gabriel. And apparently on the line, on the horn, we've got Batman. I'm Batman. More commonly known as the Rob Man. Hey, buddy. Rob Van Brunt, my good friend. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Great. Because I'm Batman. So I have a little bit of a cold thing and have a little bit of a, what'd you say? You have like some allergy thing going? Yeah. The weather's all kooky crazy here. So. So for those we can talk about Batman like Batman. Yeah. We can talk like this the whole time. Rob, I feel like this is the podcast you and I have been born. This is the, this is the movie you and I have, this is our destiny to talk about this movie. I would agree with to you that that's just, it's it's the one that started. Well, I don't want to say started it at all, but it's the one that has affected entire movie landscape. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it happened to us in you know our formative years. And I can't imagine. It's just one of those those things that lightning in a bottle. Yeah, I remember when that came out. I was seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, and it blew my mind. I never. I mean that entire decade you don't you didn't have any superhero movies and to end it with batman and the, you know that it just and the in the media frenzy that came out with it i mean i had so much batman stuff so much batman stuff we have so much to get into with this movie everyone we are talking about batman from 1989 uh directed by tim burton and featuring michael keaton as bruce wayne batman jack nicholson as the joker kim basinger and what is it? Who, who played Alexander Knox? What was that guy's name? Robert Wall. Robert Wall. There you go. It's in the air because there's a new Batman coming out this Friday. We're recording this on February 28th. And yeah, just a few days from now, it's going to be Matt, Re- Matt Reeves reboot. Are they even reboots anymore? Or are they just like, here's, a, here's another one. I think it's just here, you know, here's a series of series. So you get, you know, here's three of this guy. Here's three of that guy. But we're getting more Michael. Ke- we're getting at least two more Michael Keaton Batman appearances. 2022 is looking like a big Batman year. Yeah, and I am I am all for that. I mean, I would prefer to be a more Spider-Man year, but I will take a good Batman movie. Take- yeah, don't you think 2021 was your big Spider-Man year though? Oh yeah, it was great. 
I don't know if it's going to get bigger than that for you. I yeah, I don't know. This year's going to have a lot of good stuff, but for Batman fans, I think this is going to have a lot of good shit in it. Yeah. So before we get into into this, because Jesus Christ, I have so much shit to say about this movie. <laughs> Um, before we get into it, we got to talk about the nerdiest thing that's happened to us recently. We haven't recorded a show in a couple of months, so I'm sure there's been a lot for you, but tell me, tell me what's, uh, what really hit the mark for you. Um, most recently the new Dr. Strange trailer, uh, kicked my butt. I, I don't remember the last screamed at a trailer when the Patrick Stewart's professor X speaks. Um, I just lost my mind. I like being surprised at stuff like that. I used to spoil myself beforehand, but I'm trying to do less of that. Does it bum you out when you see that stuff in a trailer and not when you go see the movie? When they're spoiling something like that, that means they're going to like just smack me around with like 10 other things. Mm. They're that confident. Yeah, there's going to be there's going to be plenty more surprises inside there. Yeah, and I, the first official Marvel movie directed, well, first MCU movie directed by Sam Raimi, which I'm sure yeah. you're I mean, this is this is going to be his movie to mess up. I mean, he has got three Spidey movies and a bunch of horror movies under his belt. This should be like easy pickings for him. Is this the first feature that he's directed since Drag Me to Hell? Oh, gosh. It might be. He hasn't made a movie in a while. I know. He had Spider-Man 4 on deck in 2013 or so before the Sony leak. Mm. Oh, no. It was... um. It wasn't the Sony leak. It was uh, he just he couldn't he couldn't crack it because it was supposed to be Carnage and Mysterio and Vulture. It was supposed to be like a cavalcade of crappy villains and Mysterio. Oh. Was like a, Anne Hathaway was going to be Black Hat or something. Yeah, and it was uh, I think Malkovich was the Vulture. Um, for me, I don't know. It's always Nintendo stuff. So I got the Legend of Zelda Game and Watch celebrating the 35th anniversary of that game releasing for the NES. And I love that little thing. I got this really great Mario Brothers 2 beer mug at a flea market. Oh. That turned out to be vintage, actually like licensed from 1988, I think. And it's in beautiful condition. I love collectible uh, glasses that have stuff like that. Like, um, comic book characters or star wars or you know burger king collector cups stuff like that oh those are the, I, I back in the 80s i love them all until my family broke them all so i think i, I have i think i have a spider-man which never has been drank out of and i may still have somewhere in this world uh return of the jedi job of burger king the 80s were a collector cup renaissance Oh yeah, they were everywhere. But and you would get like the plastic ones. But when you got the glass tumblers from uh, Burger King, forget yeah, it. That shit best. Yeah, hot as hell. And that even went as far as '95 with the Batman Forever McDonald's uh, I, the handles. Yeah, I think that was the peak of it. I don't remember any other glasses. You may get like a your collector cup if you've got like a you know the big plastic thing, but the last glass one. It just seems like it was that Batman one. And those were great. I think those were the last big ones. And those were just like, what a way to go out. Yeah. They were so, they felt like top shelf. Like you were actually eat, like getting some fine dining experience when you got a Batman Forever collector mug. Yeah, I was bummed out. I never had the, um, the I never had Robin, I don't think. I had a Batman, I had Two-Face, and I had Riddler. 
I've got a Robin right here. Oh, I'm so jealous. He's pretty awesome. And all the handles were unique to the character too which was super cool like the handle for the two-faced one was a bunch of flipping coin yeah and then the question mark of the riddler awesome awesome so that was a big deal getting that that mario brothers two beer mug it's huge it's like a 32 ounce mug it's awesome i love it um so i would say that's probably the the that's pretty nerdy i i I applaud you sir thank you it's something where it's like i don't even know what i'm gonna do with it but it's, it's going to be put in a place of honor. But I I'm, I don't know if I'm going to drink out of it because it's in such good shape, but I just I just want to look at it. I think on some significant occasion in your future, you might have to you know, have need to hoist one. Yeah. You know. Or <laughs> 30 to the champagne into a supermarket <laughs> beer mug. I, and you can go, it's me, I'm Mario. <laughs> or, have, think. Or, or have a Chris Pratt's going to say it. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, because he's going to be Mario. Um, typically, before we get into the movie, we'll talk about the plot. There's not really a huge plot here. It's Batman versus the Joker. Yeah, and, you know, you really don't need much more because everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who the Joker is. And you just have to remember that uh, most people hadn't seen this sort of Batman before. I mean, it's three years after Dark Knight. Dark Knight Returns, that is, by Frank Miller. It's a year after killing joke i think Uh and so like most people didn't see stuff like this even though batman had been dark for the last five to ten and you're talking about comic books because in the mainstream they were still kind of riding on batman 66 you know reruns yeah and i remember when the reviews came out for this it was just like this joker's killing people what's happening pow zam this michael keaton is batman and you could are... get away from any article that didn't have Pow or, or Zam in the headline or in there somewhere. Yeah, you could just tell this is done by a bunch of you know ignorant snobs. Well, and like, were... Unlike us, where we're like huge nerd snobs. <laughs> and there were two. There are two. I think two huge selling points for this, aside from all the merchandising, which we'll get into. But one was just the Batman logo by itself. Yes. Yeah, everybody he... had that shirt. Everybody. You didn't need anything more than that. Everybody, they were te- they were stealing the posters from from bus stations or bus stops, and they were they were wearing the t shirt and they were wearing the the baseball. I had a baseball. I had a corduroy baseball cap with the Batman logo. I there were five different Batman posters that you could get at the theater when you walked out. You could buy posters for like five bucks each, and I did. I had them all. So it's, it's, it's riding on the Bat logo and just the fact that they got fucking Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Yeah, well, Jack Nicholson's kind of a genius on that one because he took a low payday to get part of merchandising. So he ended up with like $75 million. It's still paying him to this day. And he's top billed. Oh, Isn't yeah. That... It's crazy. You know what else? When you would walk out of the theater, do you remember getting the pamphlet that had all the merchandise inside of it? Never got that. There was a pamphlet. Uh, if I did, I don't remember. Yeah, you'd open it up and there'd be this like little guide to um, action figures and jackets and apparel and all this stuff, which, I mean, I was lucky to go see the movie in the theater at all because I was dirt poor. So seeing that, child. I'll, I'll get into that story later, but um, having a pamphlet and just seeing like they can. Comp- Oh God, there's Batman cereal. There was like all that stuff that you, you take for granted because it's part of everything now. But that was really, I mean, Star Wars, sure. 
did that. But it was different with Batman. Yeah, I, I was working at a uh, drugstore in 89 and we had um, a bunch of pins and I had to buy them all because they're, they're high quality, like metal pins, not buttons, but pins. Again, you get a hot topic or whatever with the Batman symbol, but they're just it, people who don't know at the time. This movie was everywhere, and the only thing that really inched it out of the mainstream for a minute was The Simpsons that came out shortly after, um, or right about the same time. So you had Batman and The Simpsons coming out at the same time, and it was awesome to me. That was and- the Simpsons. Even the Simpsons kind of dipped their toe into having Bartman. Remember, they kind of oh, yeah. took. They were they were co- like riding on that on that wave a little bit. Well, that's too. what the Simpsons does. Yeah, they find something and, and you know milks it to death. So, but, do you remember? Can you tell me what your experience was when you when you first saw the movie? Um, I had certain expectations. I had a magazine that like talked about the plot and Michael Keaton. It was the first, I saw the first picture that I ever seen as Michael Keaton as Batman. It's that picture where he's standing in front of the Batmobile. And there wasn't a lot of like pictures available. So it's probably the same picture that like everybody's seen from Batman 89. Um, and it was in black and white and you couldn't really see it very well. And it said that his eyes would be mirrored. So it would sure have like a white, like a white covering and that he would sound like Robocop. And I'm like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And then when I got there, I'm like, he doesn't sound like Robocop at all. And he can see his eyes. His head doesn't turn. What the hell? But I still fell in love with that suit. I mean, again, at the time, I thought that was like, you know, he had like the body armor and everything where it like sculpted the muscles. I I couldn't even imagine that at the time. Pretty genius idea for them to go all black. I remember seeing something too, like when you talk about um, the, the glass panels in the eyes, I remember hearing that his glove blades were going to be retractable i never heard that but that yeah it'd shoot out and come back in i was i thought that would sound so cool but yeah anything back then that you could get your hands on as far as a photograph was just like gold oh yeah i mean and and for all the batman movies because you know there wasn't a lot of there was no really no internet where you could go look for pictures and there was no like paparazzi where you could you know get a picture of jack nicholson as the joker but, you know, when I heard that he, like, Jack was wearing prosthetics um, for his, his face and everything, I'm like, oh, that's going to be weird. I can't even imagine. And then when you see it, it's so, it, it is weird. But it fits to me in the movie that he's kind of freakish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've always kind of gone, gone back and forth about that prosthetic with his, with his smile. I feel as though he doesn't. He doesn't need it, but it does add a little something to it. I don't know. I still, I'm still a little, uh, I don't know. It looks. No, I I was saying, like, I'm a little conflicted about it. I don't know. It looks bad to me when he has the human makeup or the the skin tone makeup, but when he's full out jokered, I think it looks fantastic. He he make he cuts a, a a fine joker even if he is a little fat, but he's 55 year old Jack Nicholson, so. Yeah. I do remember my grandmother when I saw a trailer on TV or something. I was very excited and she made that exact comment saying that he was too fat to be the Joker. Because we're all used to him being tall and skinny and yeah. the six one and, and whatever. But I mean Jack Nicholson is a joker is like, oh fuck, it's just it's such a it's it's almost too perfect. 
Yeah. I mean, it is legit iconic. And that so many, so much of that movie is, has like filtered its way, at least at the time into the mainstream so much. I mean, everybody's copied it now. Everybody's like done a lot of similar lines. I mean, and plus like hammered that into our head because it was like mixed in with dialogue and everything. Uh, yeah, they've so all much. they've all tried to copy. I mean, especially for the first few years after that, tried to copy the the, the ad campaign, the marketing of it, the minimal marketing. Dick Tracy tried to do it the next year. Yeah, that shitty Captain America movie that came out in the ni- 1990. Uh, there was uh, the, the the Shadow and Phantom. They all tried to try to do that. Oh yeah, and none of them were good. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying the, the movies weren't good, but in those cases, the movie weren't good. But yeah, Batman I, is a thing. By I mean, everybody knows who Batman is, mm-hmm. and trying to you know put somebody else in in that place and say he's as good as Batman or that movie's as good as this Batman movie's going to be. It's, it's just a mistake because you got to make it as good as that movie. And that movie's awesome. And what was so cool too about the merchandise is that it didn't matter if it wasn't the Batman movie version of the Batman. There were so many t-shirts that had Batman and the Joker, but they were the comic book versions. They oh, were yeah. com- in, in, like in their original costumes. They, they weren't the black suit. They were the blue and gray Batman on t-shirts and, and, and things like that. And I remember one specifically, I think that was a lot, a lot, they used a lot of, um, there's that one panel from killing joke with the Joker holding his hair and all the ha ha ha's behind him that I remember seeing on posters at, you know, pop-up fairs in a parking lot in circuit city or something that, that sort of stuff, those glass, uh, mirrors that would have things printed on them. It just didn't matter. Everybody was taking Batman any way that they could get it. Yeah. And and the big thing was, it was good. It's a good movie. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that at the end of this thing. Oh, we're, we're, okay. When, 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 when we read. But I, I, I have to say, when I was, when I, I was nine, I was turning nine years old. So that was going from the third grade to the fourth grade. Oh, I'm envious to, uh, to a point. I mean, I was like, go ahead. I, I was, I was, I, the only thing that I can imagine, because I'm envious of you too, is like, how old were you when Star Wars came out? I was five when Star Wars came out, maybe four. Uh, if it was May 1977, I was four. So you you were you were part of a world before Star Wars. Oh yeah, and you got I, to experience it fresh. I don't remember not knowing Star Wars. I mean, that was when you got like the Sears catalog and you got to see all the figures for the first time and wonder like, where the hell was Walrus Man in this whole movie? I don't remember any Walrus Man mm-hmm. or, you know, years. And, and I had like the entire first wave, all the original 12, I think it was. And it was a glorious time to be a kid. Seeing Batman the summer that I went from eight to nine, I just will never, I don't, nothing will ever touch that. Getting That's when you became a man. Getting getting the soundtrack, looking desperately for the Danny Elfman soundtrack because I just could not. Even though I had the Prince one, because I was taking it, taking getting like anything that had bat, the Batman logo on it, I wanted it. But I really, really wanted that score. And um, like I mentioned, just being a little poor, not being able to go see movies very often, I had to convince my best friend at the time, this kid named Ryan, 
I want to go stay at his house for the weekend. And he had already seen it. His birthday was the day before mine. And I think we were hanging out that weekend together. And his mom asked, asked us what we wanted to do. And I was like, I was like you motherfucker, you better tell her we're going to see Batman. And he had already seen it, but he's like, I've already seen it. I was like, yeah, but I haven't. You have to, come on, just do this for me, man. And we went to go see it. And I remember the theater, Stockton, California, summer of 89. I used to tell, I think, the fourth grade that when I would go, when we went back to school, telling kids that I didn't blink throughout the entire movie. To try and be like, I saw the entire movie. I didn't miss any of it. It was it was everything. I mean, I I had comic books before that. I had Superman comic books. I had Batman comic books and everything. But that that movie really just poured concrete over my love of Batman. <laughs> I mean, that, I think that did it for a lot of people. They had like a, they had Legends of the Dark Knight with all its different color covers come out at the same time. If you were even slightly a fan of Batman. They hammered it home. And I think deep down, out of every person, every comic book nerd, everyone loves Batman in their own way. I can't imagine that there's a, a fan out there who doesn't like Batman. It's just one of those things. Everyone loves Batman. Because he's, yeah. he's great. Because he's Batman. He's Batman. There was a really great Guillermo del Toro quote where he was talking about how he compares Batman to Jesus and how everybody has their own version of of Jesus, like I have this vengeful wrath of God, Jesus, or I have this compassionate, kind, caring Jesus. Every, you know, and no, Jesus is wrong. It's just the Jesus that's yours. And I think that's all right. Great. So, what's your what's yours? Uh, Jesus, Batman. So that's what I wanted to get into next because of all the stuff that was going on with the movie, the stuff that was happening in the comics is my childhood. As much as I. I'm not a fan of Jim Rapera's art. That is my Batman. Ooh. You know, I mean, I would, I, I prefer Graham Nolan. I prefer Lee Weeks, but all the stuff that was happening with the death in the family and the killing joke. And I mean, I hadn't, I didn't read Dark Knight Returns until a few years later, probably middle school or something like that. But, but the, 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 the monthly issues, I was super, I loved the Adam Walsh show, but I would got into the comics when I was, you know, what, maybe like three, four or five or whatever, when I started reading and just, there were, there were, there was a lot of really hot shit happening in the comics at, that just coincided with the movie coming out. When was the death of Jason Todd? That was right before. Nine. That was like right around the same time because um, they wanted Batman to be, solo in the comics like he was in the movie to represent how he originally began as a solo vigilante right and i mean i was reading all that stuff those those mike mcnola covers are iconic to me and like the when they went into year three and they had you know lonely place of dying with your favorite tim drake fuck that guy (laughs) with the george perez covers all the George Perez covers were so high. Oh yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, all that stuff. It was, it was like there was there was so much Batman stuff happening. It was, I mean, I have to mention the the Nintendo video game too. 
was awesome. Even though didn't it was not like the movie, but it was didn't fun. did you get the uh, 8-bit Batman figure that came out by uh, NECA? I do have that, yeah. Where he's yeah. all he's all purple. Like yeah. for, They made him purple in the game so that he would stand out against the black backdrop. So there's this company called Nika that that makes toys and they they put out a purple version they put out a purple version of jason Voorhees from the friday the 13th game and made they packaged them so they look like they're in the nes boxes and stuff it's pretty cool i like it i got the regular one because i'm a nerd that was a big thing too i feel you know so i mean i was gonna say this because i think that this is something that we haven't done with previous podcast shows that i want to introduce as another um topic is we should talk about the toys that come out that coincide with the movies. Oh. We haven't done that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm happy to talk about toys all day, every day. But this was, I was in high school where it was not cool to collect toys. So I was in that brief moment where I was working. I was still buying comics, but I really didn't, you know, I didn't buy toys. Plus those Toy Biz Batman figures, terrible. They were ugly. I agree. Yeah, those sculpts were absolutely awful. And there were only three of them. There was only Bob and Joker and Batman. And maybe I think there was a Batmobile and some Batcave playset. I'm sure a Batmobile. And then later on, they came out with um, some redips, redecos of the uh, super, some of the superpowers. Because when Flash came out in 1990, the TV show, they had a Flash figure that was kind of recolored and kind of redone using a lot of the. Uh, toy biz batman parts and it was awesome ugly because i was like when that 1990 john wesley ship flash show came out i was all in man and terrible this toy biz the first few years terrible that that flash show with the danny elfman theme that was also trying to capture the vibe yeah but that show's awesome we can talk about that another time but that show his, is awesome his suit's pretty sweet yeah, it was. There is so much good in that show that outweighs the bad. Yeah, and yeah, and then the fact that they roll him into and Alexander Knox into the CW TV shows was, was pretty fantastic. All right, yeah, those Toy Biz figures they weren't very good, but I do remember. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I had any of them, but I'm glad that you brought up the the superpowers because I I will swear by those superpowers figures for, until the day that I die. They're that's such a great line. Absolutely. They're all designed by Jack Kirby and they are, I have a bunch of them still. I love them. I've sold a couple and I regret that. I sold my Clark Kent and it breaks my fucking heart. You sold the Clark Kent that you had to mail away for? Yeah. You motherfucker. Yeah. I, 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 I think it was a particularly dark time in my youth. Oh. I have a, I have a lot of uh, stuff like that where I like, I sold it and now I hate myself for it. But I did keep pretty much everybody else. I still have Joker. Um, I never had a Penguin. Um, I didn't have a lot of Batman characters, but I had a lot of like the Justice League characters. The, my two, my two that I have, I still have. I have a Superman in my car. My that Superman is like the first thing that I grab when I when I either start a new job or have a new desk or whatever. It's always like I've got to have that Superman, that superpowers figure there, but. It's always for me the ones, the two that, that stand out because they're my two favorite characters are Superman yeah. and Rock. Yeah. With, well, I take my Mega Spidey with me on all that stuff. So, see, I think your Mega Spidey is my superpowers, Superman. 
I don't know. Maybe it's better to kick that Superman's ass. He's 50, you know. <laughs> I think he turns 51 this year. The Mago figure? Yeah. He's older than me. Um, so, yeah. Batman 1989. Tim Burton comes in. He's got his new... His, his He's bringing his... He's coming off of Beetlejuice and Pee-Wee's Big Adventure. And Michael Keaton, famously, nobody... They thought that it was gonna he was gonna approach it as a comedy, and th- I mean, people kind of lean on this, and I guarantee, I, 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 I also felt this way when Heath Ledger was was cast as Joker. It's like, oh come on! But then they always go back to this stuff whenever somebody else is cast, like Ben Affleck or Robert Pattinson. It's like, oh yeah, well nobody liked Michael Keaton either. Nobody liked Heath, Led- Heath Ledger, and like looked at, and it's like, you can go back. Sure, you could say that, and it worked out, but it. Michael Keaton only works in Tim Burton's version of Batman. I, well, we have two more movies to find out because he's in Flash and he's in Batgirl. So we may. No. I'm not worried about Michael Michael Keaton. That dude delivers all the time. But I I do worry about like Ezra Miller Flash and, and, you know, know, Batgirl. Who knows what's going to happen with that? She looks great, but we still haven't seen really how he looks. Yeah. She looks very cool. I like her costume a lot. Yeah, I mean that's comical costume. Yeah. Um. So overall, when you saw it, I mean, this is back when the comic book movies weren't essentially serialized like they are now. They weren't all leading into the next one huge overall plot. Like you got this movie, and then that's it, and then you kind of cross your fingers and toes, hoping for another one. Yeah. There was nothing leading it into a second movie other than the fact that it was, you know, Batman has a ton of villains. What's your favorite scene in the movie? One I probably watch the most is from when Joker enters the museum to when Batman goes, you wait a little bit more than 108. Nice. That, that whole thing, when I had it, I, it, it was the first movie that actually came out on VHS that was priced to buy. Um, so when it came out, I played the hell out of it, especially the middle, the, the, the museum scene and the, the entire like last 25, 30 minutes with the, with the fight in the streets and the chapel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to say, I mean, if I could count the entire last half hour from when the the suit is you know that 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 what is it some sort of vault opens up oh yeah from from right there to the end that's all hot 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 hotness for me yeah and when that movie i i noticed it when i was rewatching it when that movie when when uh vicky and batman are hanging it off the the top of the of the cathedral and it's like almost done that's like two minutes to the end there is, there is like nothing. It's just like, okay, it's done. Yeah, it just wraps up. That's yeah, that that's um, that's what I was saying about how when they put these out, it was really just put out how this is the movie. There's no plans for a series. We're not gonna save the Joker is just gonna die, and we're not even gonna think about the next one. There, you know, like this is it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think it was probably greenlit like the day it came out because it made so much money, but. Yeah, there was, there's nothing in there that suggests that there's going to be a series of them. There's no, like, you know, the equivalent of an Infinity Stone. You know, there's no Super until uh, Batman Forever. There's no 
there's no anything. It's just one Batman and he's kicking the shit out of some weird looking criminals. Yeah. I, I think, I think I have to say my aside from the shot of the Batwing going up against the moon. That is hot. Because fuck it. Why not? Just do it. Right. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. But that's not really a scene. That's just, just like an image. That's just hot. There, there is so much in this movie that just looks so fucking good. A couple of things that look really bad, but so much looks good. Yeah. But go ahead. What's what? Tell me what your favorite scene. Tell me. It's got to be when he's when he's doing when he's fighting everybody at the top of the cathedral when he's up there, and he's fighting all of Joker's thugs and Joker's dancing around with Vicky Vale with that kind of waltz music. It's just so fucking awesome. There are some parts of that scene that bug me. Just if you start to pull the strings. It'll, it, uh, and I did that when I was watching it uh, yesterday or the day last, last weekend. Like, Joker didn't necessarily know he was going to the top. Did he already have guys up at the top? Yeah, you know what, man? There's so many things in this movie. If you start to do that, though, uh, it completely falls apart. There's, there's, so, there's, there's so much stuff that doesn't, that doesn't add up. There's a yeah. lot of shit. And Batman's having like a tough time getting to the top. And then when he's up at the top, he's pretty fresh. I just, for so, you know, from, from when he opens the doors to the cathedral, that's my favorite music in the entire, my favorite music cue, cue okay. in the whole. Really? From, and when he's I, walking up, the lighting, his costume, everything looks, it just visually, it looks incredible. Uh, my favorite, my cue and part is when he crashes through the, the skylight of the museum. Oh yeah, and then it, like it has a dun, 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 and then he drops down, gets Vicky, and he, then it like blasts the Batman theme, and that's that crazy. is a fucking awesome soundtrack. Yeah, that's that soundtrack again created cinematic history. That's a landmark in in scoring. That I just it drives me nuts that movies they don't really it doesn't feel like they have these great bombastic, easily recognizable themes anymore. The only one that I can think of these days is wonder woman. Cause you can pick that out real easy, but any pick any Marvel movie. And unless you're a serious, like score nerd like me, um, you would never know outside. Like, I mean, outside of like in the Avengers or something. And even then they like change composers all throughout all those movies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. With the the Wonder Woman one, that's that does that one does something. I mean, before that, you had Superman, and Superman's like top shelf, one of my by far probably my top three soundtracks ever. Well, you got your boy Johnny Williams in there working. Oh, at oh yeah, I mean, but that that is like that theme is so good. Same with the Batman yeah. one. It, yeah, it's so good. The Superman theme. I don't want to get emotional right now, but that Superman theme has so many little parts to it. And each one of them w- could be its own theme. Oh yeah. I mean, there are like had... four or five perfect Superman themes and they're all together. It's fucking crazy. Oh yeah. But that's, that's a story for another time, but Batman, I mean, you don't get a soundtrack as good as Batman. Probably ever that's not made of popular music everything else after that point it's just kind of like kind of fits the need of the movie but there's nothing that you know i mean the danny elfman spider-man one is 
good. It's really good, but it's, he's still resting on some laurels there. Mm-hmm. But everything else, I mean, you, you can pick any Marvel or DC movie and, and they're just kind of serviceable. There's not a whole lot outside of this Wonder Woman one, which is like truly great. This is, and this is Danny Elfman and Tim Burton in their prime. I mean, Danny Elfman's coming off of Beetlejuice and Pee Big Adventure, which has one of the greatest soundtracks to me. Oh, it's fantastic. Scores of all time. You could, you could watch Pee Big Adventure with just the music and it plays like a perfect silent film. And then Batman Returns and Edward Scissorhands and stuff like after that. It was just like this, per- the, the, the marriage between his visuals and, and Elfman's music was really, really something special back then. Yeah, I mean, he, he, Elfman is kind of sold out as his kind of Bur- as Burton a little bit too. But back in the '80s, that was like the duo to beat, mm-hmm. outside of like a Spielberg Williams type of thing or Lucas Williams. Yeah, I, it was it was one of those. I think when I was, you know, really starting to pay attention to to names like that, who the director is and whatever and then looking at things and kind of like when you discover a band you say i want to hear their other album i want to see their other movie and putting two and two together wow i like that movie that this person did i like that movie too and then you start to get excited about the next movie and then you become a fan yeah if if you're really really a danny Elfman fan he did two compilation albums and they had he's like done so many things that aren't Batman and Beetlejuice and Burton movies. And it's just like, oh, wow, he did the theme to that? Oh, he did the... I mean, his late 80s, early 90s Elfman is just awesome. He's just fantastic. Yeah, there's a great compilation called, I think, Music for a Darkened... Yeah. yeah, there's two of them. And the second one was like super hard to find. It has like the Flash on it and it has... Um, Batman Returns and Summersby and To Die For and all these other movies that you like, I didn't know he was part of that movie. And it's two discs and it's like, it's like all these different like themes that he did. Hmm. And also Oingo Boingo, which has plenty of great songs that I love to death. His his rock pop band there. Yeah. They did Weird Science and they did uh, No One Lives Forever and really some really great pop songs in the in the eighties too. Dead Man's Party from Back to School. Dead Man's Party. There you go. And Elfman did the score to, be, uh, to Back to School. Huh, yeah. And also Midnight Run. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. oh, Midnight Run is a fantastic soundtrack. It's so not in, not a Danny Elfman sounding score. It's such a weird one. So, well, it, a lot of those before, the non-Tim Burton ones back in the 80s, Back to School and Midnight Run and a couple of others, they are so good. But when he was at Burton, he had that sweet spot of like gothicness, darkness, and playfulness. It's just, just yeah. awesome. Yeah, playfulness, but also very operatic and yeah, yeah. I can't. I, I, I like I mentioned. I mean, like it, I wanted the, the the Danny Elfman score so bad, and all you saw was prints everywhere. That when I finally found that that cassette that had the bat wing up against the moon and it was like the dan this the original soundtrack by danny elfman i that was i was Gollum holding that <laughs> oh it, it i think i found it at uh rasputin's in berkeley or amoeba i got it like a used copy for like four bucks or something and i was just i i did the same thing and was your copy was it quiet every time i'm getting be under I don't, I don't know the word that i'm looking under mixed or, or something it's just 
the sound quality, I have to turn it way up. And then oh. when something else comes on, any other album comes on, I have to turn it way down. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. I would, I would say that maybe there's just some human instinct in you that's, that's telling you this is not loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Batman Returns came out, you know, and it was, it was fine. And, hmm. but that Batman, the, the Batman score is just, it just seems like it's a little quieter than everything else. And I think you're right. I just wanted to turn it up a lot louder, especially all those action or operatic pieces. They're just so good. You and I have driven around more than a couple of times with that theme blasting pretty loud. Well, I know there is, uh, there was at least some video of me um, driving through San Jose with you and um, we were playing the Batman Begins uh, uh, Batmobile thing and it was it was very fun i think that was like a free comic book day or something it was a free comic book day we were like going driving around for free comic books and i was probably going oh damn man all throughout uh okay let's just get this out of the way yeah 40 minutes in we're gonna talk about the movie worst scene of the movie oh worst scene in the movie uh gosh uh I don't know if I have really a worse scene. What's yours? And then I can see if I can come up with something. Because, I mean, every scene's going to have Michael Keaton or or Jack Nicholson in it. And while the dialogue sucks at parts and is really like really arch at times, hmm. I, I don't think I dislike any scenes. There's some overacting and stuff, but I, I don't care when I'm watching it. I'll tell you mine. Okay. Take that fucking scene of Jack Napier shooting Bruce's parents out of the movie. Uh, Can't do it, man. Even though it can be its own thing, this is Burton verse or whatever, I cannot handle them tying that together. It makes it so small. I don't like it. Yeah, it, it's very convenient. It's not my, I, I don't hate it or anything. And I thought at the time it was, I probably like rolled my eyes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably mine too. I mean, if I had to like put money on it, I, there's nothing else that really bugs me about the movie, but I don't like that decision, but I, I get it. It makes everything very convenient and ties it all together. And it does give an excuse to why Jack's so goddamn old when he's every other action he does, it makes him seem like a young man. Mm hmm. Because he's calling like Boss Grissom, like he's an old man. Um, yeah, same age. Well, I mean, Jack's 55. Jack Palance is probably 70 there. But they, they make Jack Napier sound like he's 30. And it's fine because it's Jack Nicholson. But if that was anybody else, you'd be like, motherfucker, you're the same age. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think. Um... Speaking of the VHS tape and having just that solid black cardboard box with just with just the logo on it and seeing things everywhere, do you remember? Oh God, I think I think it was called Suncoast Video. Oh yeah, I think I know where you're going. And it was a it was a specialty retailer. It seemed like they had stuff that you couldn't find in normal places, yes. regarding videos and. and figures and things like that I, I i feel like i remember seeing mcfarland toys and things like that a little bit later on way before they yes. were all over the place yes early on it had all that stuff it became it became like a 
hot topic a little bit before, but with videotapes, but it had a whole bunch of like a genre type of toys and everything. I loved, loved going to Suncoast. Suncoast was great because it was, it was like a hot topic, but it was very specific for like science fiction and horror and movie nerds. Yeah. And that was when I first came across VHS tapes that they were finally releasing movies in widescreen. Oh yeah. I, I, that every time, I mean, I had got my, you know, my driver's license when I was 16. And as soon as I realized that, that, that Suncoast had widescreen and I understood what like widescreen was versus pan and scan, I camped there. I bought like every week I would buy videos. Mm-hmm. They had the little red banner at the very top. Oh, yeah. Wide- I bought all the Batman ones on the same day. I had just moved to San Francisco. I was 18, I think, and I went to a Suncoast in the Embarcadero, this tiny little spot and i went in and i saw batman 89 widescreen i think they were i mean i can't remember exactly but it seemed a little expensive to me but i still lost my shit oh yeah and you know when we say the difference between widescreen and pan and scan before that we would have to see everything cropped to fit the square of the television but this was seeing it in the actual theatrical you know aspect ratio and it just felt there was an element of sophistication to having the widescreen version. Yeah, and then my sister would always ask, but you got like part of the TV cut off. What are those black bars? I don't like that. Yeah, I remember some idiots in high school being, they, they would say, I want to see the whole picture though. Oh, shut your mouth. I'm Batman. Seeing, owning that, and this is a movie that I think whatever format we've moved onto from from vhs to dvd to blu-ray to 4k blu-ray it's always day one. Oh yeah i have bought outside of spider-man i think batman is the one i purchased the most iterations of because i've had it twice on vhs i've had it um at least twice on dvd i've had it least two or three times on blu-ray and i bought it at least i think just once on 4k so far but that could change <laughs> um we gotta chalk that up to to the late great anton first and his production design oh, i mean i was watching it and i'm like this i know this is all on a set like every single scene is done in some state studio but i love it so everything just looks so so like claustrophobic and it looks like a real living breathing city even if you like there's so this is before like cgi and everything oh here's my worst scene the worst scene that pisses me off Hmm. the very beginning where first the family and the kid they get mugged batman's watching from the the thing and the little animated batman that is obviously a cartoon looks and goes inside one, the animation's terrible. I mean, it looks <laughs> like someone like just splatted black ink on it. Two, Batman didn't save that family. He's a shitty hero all throughout this movie. The I'm, person, with, I'm with you on two for sure, but I kind of like the little animation. I think it's cool. There's a couple of little anime. There's a couple of like uh, special effects gaps in it. Like there's like a couple of times where the Batwing is like clear, 
And I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. It's awesome. Um, but overall, I mean, that, that scene really makes me mad because Batman's just standing there not doing anything. And the only person he really ever saves in this movie is Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you about him. He should have, he should have hopped down there and saved him for yeah. sure. Not to mention he kills like everybody in this movie. Oh yeah. That Batmo- Batmobile, it's got the machine gun turrets. It's just like, it explodes. How many people do you think were in that Axis chemical building that didn't get to go home to their kids? Yeah. A couple dozen. Same thing with the, uh, the parade. He's just, he's like shooting missiles at it and, He's got the, the guns shooting at everybody. Everybody but the Joker dies there. I mean, he's blowing the shit out of the entire parade. God knows how many, like, civilians got hurt. There there are some scenes, speaking of things that look completely a little a little off, like with when the Batwing crashes. That is so clearly a miniature and a little, you know, tiny little cars and a set. And when the Joker falls and he's animated... To me, it has this, it, it lends this handmade quality to it that I find extremely charming. It's like Star Wars. It, you know, it, it gives, it's not CGI where you can tell it's CGI like you can with like most things these days. It gives it a weight, even if it's a miniature. And the matte paintings are gorgeous in this. I mean, there's so many things. A lot of, oh yeah, a lot of the balloons that I think were CGI or such as they were whatever matte paintings or whatever they, they look kind of bad in parts a lot of the, the balloon effects just look at that opening shot of gotham city where it says gotham city oh that's fantastic good god yeah they're like the entire gotham city every time they're in the streets it looks fantastic same with batman returns anytime they're in the streets that movie looks great even though it's like on like one square block because you always see the monarch theater you know, every time you like turn your shoulder or you see like the same restaurant over and over again, you see the same thing, but you don't care. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And it is kind of cool how they did those set extensions where clearly they were on uh, some British set where they, like Pinewood or something like that, where yeah. all the Bond movies were made. But they would have like their sets and then they, they, they would add the matte paintings to, to, to make them like reach into the sky make them like higher and like that stuff is really seamless but the design of it if you look at the anton first drawings and sketches it's just such a perfect blend of this nightmare version of new york with this extremely sort of ancient gothic style it's i to me i just know there's something to be said for schumacher's gotham city but nothing's to me is ever i just I, that was part of the reason I was so disappointed in Batman Returns because it was such a drastic visual change from Anton First stuff. But the, the Anton First stuff is that is just maybe my favorite version of Gotham City. Well, I don't know if you remember this, but in the comics or in the movies, right after they abandoned, they said when First wasn't going to do the the designs for it, they added all the designs for First to Gotham City, where they had that thing where like the city like had some sort of like thing, and then like all these like only thing that remained were the Anton first looking building. So you got his Gotham city going forward for like the next five years. It was, it was I remember, really cool. I remember seeing in the comics, there were, there were um, some covers that had like photorealistic cityscapes. Yeah. In the they, they had, yeah. They had like the, um, that Wayne tower. That's like really tall. looks kind of like the, the space needle in Seattle. And um, they had a lot of those buildings in Gotham for quite some time. Yeah. 
yeah that that just and again i know a lot of this is nostalgia and it makes such a huge impression especially like i said being being that age and having it be such a an event where you couldn't take a shit without seeing the bat symbol and um it's just that time period in the comic books and that movie and that style and that sound and that look that just is completely that is just that's it for me and all those little for me a lot of it's the little clips of dialogue that just you know that there's so that the script is peppered with so many things from i'm batman to you know think about the future ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight i remember that time um Mm-hmm. And, you know, where do they get a load of me? And, oh, God, how cool does he look in that in that moment? Yeah, I had a poster of that. It was one of the many posters I had at the time of Batman. Um, it was just Jack's face from that scene, and it had the, the line, where do they get a load of me? And it was just all black, white print, and his face. from Just that, that look where he, right before he starts going, whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. Never rub another nerd's rhubarb. Yeah, <laughs> there you go that one yeah i mean there's just there's so much and in the whole you know you want to get nuts let's get nuts mm-hmm. oh and that one that you just sent me the other day which you had just looked up for the first time which i never even thought about looking at bruce wayne nespa most of the time nespa translates to what bruce wayne isn't it most of the time yeah yeah i mean that's i i never on that I, I was this many days old when I finally understood that line. There, there are a lot of great lines. I love, maybe because, oh God, back then, I mean, I still, when I really, when I'm really into a movie now, I am really absorbed by it. But back then, being at that age and being so impressionable, just you're, you're really zeroed in and the entire world goes away and you're just completely focused on things. So, so they hit a lot harder i think and they just become unforgettable just i mean when he says you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs and and then smashes alicia's mask with with his fist that's like a terrifying moment oh yeah he has a lot of terrifying moments i mean just when he kills bob that was like whoa oh oh shit he just killed his own dude yeah oh yeah i mean he I mean, Jack makes him hilarious, but he also makes him very terrifying and then s- splits it up with, you know, just manic, crazy fun. I mean, when he like uh, uh, electrocutes the one mob boss and he has a whole conversation with him, he's off his nut. Mm-hmm. He got not, I believe he got nominated for an Oscar for Batman. Nicholson? Yeah. Huh. I think he did. I could be very wrong. But I don't, I mean, Nick- I, I don't think so. Okay, I, I mean, maybe it was like you know my my my. Uh, He's like the one person. Well, he, he and Jared Leto are the only two jokers. That... <sighs> Don't break Jared Leto into this. No, 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 we're not do it. But there, there were like so many cool cuts and things that Tim Burton used to do back then. His directing style, like when he does, yeah, when he when he kills that mobster with the electric hand buzzer, and he 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 blows on it at, for a second. There's this quick cut of him blowing on it. That's such yeah. a cool little character moment. I mean, Nicholson has so many cool moments in it. I mean, he owns that movie as good as is Jack in it. You just can't. He's he's a force of nature. Yeah, I mean, he's really he's Jack Nicholson, 
going up against this first new dark modern take on Batman in a all black costume and we're we're all just dying for Batman but he is standing toe to toe with it and it and like beating it yeah i mean how i mean he set the sta- i mean he set the standard for all subsequent jokers except for Jared Leto but i mean you know you without him you wouldn't have Heath Ledger you wouldn't have Walking Phoenix I mean, and those two actually did win Oscars off of it. It's one of the few characters, or one of the few times that people won Oscars for playing the same character. I think it's just what Joker beat Corleone. I think that's it. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, that was a crazy summer, and I mean, I think I had oh god, there were there were some some like um, like this this uh, Rob. If you ever really. I know you're very nice to me and you get me things all the time. I have my, my full scale replica battering over here, by the way. I have it. Mine's, um, I had a pack. So I had a pack. Oh, yeah. I, I, have you opened it? Is it cool? I, you haven't opened it? No, I haven't opened it. I had to pack it immediately. Uh, Rob bought me uh, an actual life, life size full scale replica of, of, of the battering from the 1989 Batman Batman movie and yes it does fold and you can flip it open and it's pretty sweet and I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna it has a little display stand too which is nice um but there was there was one thing that was my fucking pride and joy and I gotta get this in here before I forget it my pride and joy was um they had a little three pack of these little micro machine toys and one was a joker van purple with the joker emblem on the side one was a tiny little batmobile and one was a tiny little bat wing and they all came together do you remember this i do but again it was like during that time where i didn't think toys were cool it was like a bad summer for me i fuck man i love those things those were i should look on ebay and just get those back they were great but it was just like you know i mean I don't know how many t-shirts I, I was wearing that Batman t-shirt well into like when you and I were working at the comic book store together. I had a Jack Nicholson Joker t-shirt that I still have. Does not fit, but I still have it. I wore that thing out. The armpits were the first thing to go. Oh, the armpits are always the first thing to go in those shits. Yeah. But I, I think I remember and and I I have owned many a Batman t-shirt and I, I, I don't think I ever had one of those, uh, uh, the movie t-shirt. I had that Jack Nicholson one because I was like super Joker centric at the time. It was just the straight black t-shirt with the straight yellow logo and that was it. That's the one everybody had too. That's what everybody had, yeah. The, I, I, I still have one Batman t-shirt, but it's the, um, I was thinking about wearing it when we go see the Batman together. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's the, uh, the logo that they used for the 60s TV show with his actual head. And, and oh, the, right, 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 right. You know, Batman across the, the, the body of the, the bat, which I love that logo. I love that design. Yeah. So coming off Batman 89 and before, before we know that there's going to be a sequel, before we know who the villains were going to be, did you have in your mind, like who you wanted to see next? For a bad guy, or for yeah, wait, for, for 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 a villain. I wanted to see. I think the Riddler. He's, I think he's been or Two Face. They've been my favorite bad guys. Um, I really don't care about. I mean, 
in 89, there was really only one person who could play the penguin and they got him, but they made him fairly unrecognizable and not the penguin that I really wanted to see because that was like Burton's glory days, I guess, or his you know power in Hollywood at the time. Um, I didn't really have any interest in Catwoman. I really wanted to see a Riddler. You know, I didn't really like care what villain they got next. I mean, I remember being like, well, of course they're going to do Two-Face because they got Harvey Dent in this movie. Yeah. But I I really, really wanted to see Robin. That was the thing that I wanted to see more than anything was this Batman. I wanted to see like like this style done or applied to Robin. And I want to see Robin in this world. So, I mean, it was Michael J. Fox for a hot second, Marlon Wayans for even another hot, I think he was a bit involved for like a minute. And there's actually, um, I think in the novel, because when they, you know, made novels of, of movies, they always had like, they pull from the screenplay and there's this whole segment of uh, Batman, like on a horse or Bruce Wayne masked up on a horse chasing the Joker and, and they had like introduced Dick and. Yeah, there was a there was there was a Robin sequence, the very brief one. It was during some chase between Bruce and Joker that the Joker was going to be sort of responsible for Jason Todd's parent or not Jason Todd, sorry, Dick Grayson's uh, parents dying too. Yeah, and then they cut that out. Thank God. Yeah, that um, would have been. I mean, it's just you know, I, logistically, I don't really see you know Michael Keaton on a horse like that chasing through this Gotham City. It just seems terrible. Yeah, absolutely. The, the movie does feel a little... I, I can't remember who said it. There was somebody who said... They were talking about how much money the movie made. And it made a ton of move, ton of money. Like, Remember, like that summer was huge for movies. I don't remember it, a single other movie that came out. It wasn't... So you had, you had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. Ghostbusters 2. You had uh, Lethal Weapon 2. Ooh. You had, um, uh, well, Star Trek 5. Well, you know. mm. um, what does God need? Starship. Why? Uh, but Batman totally, of course, made all the money in the world that summer. But then somebody was like, yeah, imagine how much more money it would have made if it was good. Oh, they can kiss my ass. But I, I do think about that a little bit because, I mean, I love it. But there are some, you could tear it apart. There's some plot stuff and there's some questionable edits and some weird things that just don't fit. I mean, I would say if we, if and I was going to say, if we have to grade it, we are going to grade it. Our, our CBH comic book film grading system. I would knock it for two things. I would knock it for the Joker being the the murder of Bruce's parents because that's just lazy screenwriting. Yeah. And and I would knock it for a little bit of some of the some of the 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 dialogue and 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 just the, the editing is in some places. It just some things don't really some pieces don't fit. It could be it could it's so close to being a 10. It's so close. But there's some things that that I, it's hard to articulate, but they just kind of pull it back a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of plot convenience built into the movie where it's just like, well, that that doesn't really make sense, but that's okay. If the ride is so good that you're 
willing to bypass a lot of its flaws and it has a lot a fair amount of flaws but nothing that like breaks the movie right and and everything about it is so done with love and intention i guess yeah i mean Uh, to put it on like i put it on last night i ran watched the other day every every single time i go to put it on i get excited to watch it oh yeah i was like i'm like i'm gonna get you know i've seen this movie i know the dialogue by heart you know i've got my talent but um I, I I was like transfixed and I like always see something new in it every time I watch it, you know? And I mean, it was like 20 years before I realized that Batman had a, uh, that, that palm lever thing where you like, when the guy comes and kicks him or tries to kick him from above and he, that little palm extension comes out and knocks him down. I didn't, yeah. I never, I, 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 I didn't really realize that that was in the movie. I saw it in the Jerry Ordway awesome adaptation with Danny O'Neill, and, which is also like easily my favorite movie adaptation done by a comic company. I'm uh, so because that was a thing too, where the Jerry Ordway, yeah, um, he illustrated the Batman comic book adaptation, and it just looks like movie perfect. It's so gorgeous. And that was, and that was also one of those things where there was a prestige format one and a regular newspaper stand one, and that was that was right. I mean, you were, you'd already been into comic books for for a long time at that point. I was really just kind of getting into the collecting part of it and taking the collecting seriously. So I wanted to have the different, you know, I was actually taking care of the books and seeing and and recognizing. Oh well, the Killing Joke that has this color on the cover of the title means that it's a third print or it's a second print or whatever and paying attention to that to that stuff and having the the prestige format of that batman adaptation was was a real treasure yeah i had all of the 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 first four batman movies their prestige formats even batman and robin because that's a beautiful book rudolfo dimaggio who drew it it's fantastic it's a garbage story of course but no the art yeah you're right the art is great yeah that's you can't beat the jerry ordway one you can't no it's fucking awesome and like the the, not only the art but the coloring oh yeah i think it was steve olaf if i remember correctly it looks i mean batman looks like michael keaton joker looks like jack and everybody looks exactly how they're supposed to look and none of it look it's just ordway is a completely underrated artist well you're so good you know, he's in my top five Superman artists of all time. Oh, as he should be. He's great. Yeah, he's incredible. I love his shit. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. that that that's the one. If you, if you like Batman and you've never looked at the comic book adaptation, go check it out. Because there are like little, little tiny pockets here or there that are fun, that are, that, that, that are just a little different from the movie. Or, But seeing it also, the things that are the same in comic book format is really fun. Yeah, it is it does have like some scenes in it that um, aren't in the movie and vice versa. The movie has some stuff that's not in the comic book and just, uh, it just makes it a completely better experience. Yeah. So on the grading scale, CBH, what do you uh, write this? I am going to give it a nine or a near mint mm-hmm. for the same reasons that uh, you mentioned earlier. It, there's a couple of scenes in it that just kind of, and the, the the screenwriting as much as i liked like the dialogue and it, it's 
very arch and very cheesy sometimes, but it's delivered by, you know, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and all of them. I have to admit, Alexander Monox kind of pisses me off too a little bit. Sometimes he's just there for bad comic relief, but he's fine. He doesn't ruin the experience. He's not used enough where it's damaging, but overall, I mean, as many times as I've seen this movie, I give him nine. Yeah. Near yeah. Me. Yeah. Nine, nine for me. I'm taking, I'm taking 0.5 off for the, the Joker killing Bruce's parents thing. And then 0.5 off. I would say I'm taking that off for the Prince soundtrack dating it so hard. You know, I still love Party Man. I gotta admit, I love Party Man. Yeah. I, I think that is a really good song for that scene. The rest of the album is pretty crappy, but that scene, and you know what? I'm gonna even go on the limb here. Trust isn't that bad either. Especially in the context where it's using the movie. It's not too overpowering. They don't, they only use four songs in the entire movie. That's including the end credits. So it's not like it's overpowering. It's not like, you know, I was, when when I heard that he was doing the the songs for it, I was very concerned. Mm -hmm. I like Prince, but I don't want Batman to have an entire Prince soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, So I was pleasantly surprised when it was only just, you know, very well placed for me as far as I was concerned. I agree with you about Party Man and Trust. I think I resented a little bit because I was trying so hard to find the Danny Elfman one. And I feel like that wasn't released until... I feel like that was a delayed release. I feel like it was only the print soundtrack available for a long time. It was. Then put out the score. I believe you were correct. Which made me nuts. Yeah, I did the same thing. And I didn't, I, I got a CD player in I think uh, 1990 when I graduated high school. Um, and yeah, I thought, um, I, I had the print soundtrack, but I really just, you know, I listened to it occasionally only to hear the dialogue clips because it wasn't something you couldn't, you couldn't like, you know, VHS wasn't always, you know, you can always get a TV with a VHS player to go watch your favorite Batman scenes. So you have to go and like listen to, you know, bat dance and yeah. Oh, we got a live one here. Yeah. I'm going to, I got to give a shout out to two things. Number one is the Taco Bell collector cups. Yes. Love those. I think there were only three. There was Batman, Batmobile, and Batwing. I have no idea. You would know better than me. I didn't eat par- I partake of Taco Bell back in those days. Speaking of of collector things, and there was a there was a there was a little Batman bag that the mini churros came in, if I remember correctly. See, I would still have all that stuff had I like bought that. I'm surprised I don't have those posters still. I honestly, I'm surprised. Second thing I want to call out were was the trading card series. with all the shots from the movie so we could sequence them and it was kind of like you could flip through and and go through the movie and that that included some scenes that were deleted like the is it halloween moment with a little girl where batman saves a little girl in the alley and she sees him in his costume and asks if it's halloween i don't think was that on the on the disc i don't remember that at all it's on the disc but there's a trading card with that shot and i think that might be the only place where, where you can see it oh wow i don't think i've ever seen that it's pretty cool um, I think I, I'll show it to you next time we hang out. <laughs> I still got all that shit. I'm going to watch it again tonight. Who am I kidding? <laughs> it's a good way. I mean, if, if you're going to do it, that's a fine one to watch. I mean, it doesn't get t- it doesn't get old. I mean, I can I I love the shit out of that movie. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's such a warm blanket. And I feel like, you know, some people complained about the 4K release when it came out a few years ago to coincide with the 30th anniversary about it kind of, I guess, leaning a little too hard into the blues and it wasn't the original intention of this the hdr just throws everything off or whatever but i think it looks hot as hell i i've barely touched it i i it, it's one of those releases where i did watch it when i got it and i but i don't remember how it was but i watched all of them and i just watched how like, the quality of the 4k goes as you uh go through all the movies so by the time you get to batman and robin it's like ugh. well yeah because i feel like i told you this at one point how the the blu-ray looked fine but i was like Wow, was this movie just like kind of shot a little shitty? Because it's always been muddy to me, a little muddy. It's always been muddy. They need to do some Fox Predator revamp on that and make everybody look plastic. Oh God, make them all look like they're they're, (laughs) they all look like candlelight. (laughs) But the 4K one looks extremely sharp and extremely tight. And oh God, God bless it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you know what? We're going to wrap this up, but I feel like you know normally we wrap the show up with the two-faced coin toss, but I don't think we need to do that because we both know what we're going to see next. Oh, yeah. We're going to see some more Batman. Can you tell the people what we're going to see, Rob? We're going to see the Batman. <laughs> we're going to go see the Batman. We might have to live uh, do it like we did Spider-Man. I have absolutely no problem with that. I have Friday off just in case, um, but if we're going to see it, just let me know. We'll, 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 we'll talk about it offline. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to us go on about Batman 1989. I know that there's a lot of people out there doing this right now, but I just feel like we 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 had to. It was a matter of time. We're only missing Batman and Robin now from that original quartet. We've talked about the other two, but this is the one that was just... Oh. I feel like we barely touched it. I feel like it's, it's the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the next step really is for us to just do a commentary. Oh, yeah. I would I would be totally into that. I think there's a lot of days we should do the commentary for. And speaking of people doing it, I will be actually doing this live tomorrow, on May 1st, um, on YouTube channel uh, Sidekicks Talks Comics. It's usually a lot of fun, and uh, this is my first non-Spider-Man one, so I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it's really fun, too, because if you watch it, uh, what time does it go on tomorrow? Uh, it should be 5 o'clock Pacific time. So if you watch it on YouTube, you can also um, live chat, and they'll read your comments on the screen sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 a blast. It's a, it's a lot of fun doing it. I think my third time, but it's my first Batman one. So I'm yeah. going up against uh, some pretty big Batman fans. Oh, shit. Well, I'm excited to watch that, and I will definitely be live chatting about it and um everyone thank you for listening also if you want to hear more of me talking about stuff i've got tales from the dork side which is a new podcast that i just got going you can find that on um spotify whatever all the other places and there's an instagram account tales space from space the space dork side there's one episode so far we're talking about the nintendo entertainment system i'm sure pot uh, batman gets a I mentioned him there at some point, but check it out if you get a chance. And man, until next time, which will be pretty soon. Stay bat tune. Same, same, same bat time. Same, same bat, bat channel. Because <laughs> of Batman. All right. Bye, everyone.